0: Hi everyone, you're listening to the Villaloochee podcast, uncensored and completely unedited discussions about life and everything in it.
1: We hope you enjoy the show. I know you're going to get annoyed that I'm going to introduce, I'm going to, I will introduce you in a second, but we've just uh, looking at um, Andrew Wallace's um, newspaper and um, Charles, we will get to the thing, but I, So I don't read newspapers, but I understand that they've all got that means that type of person but
0: i understand the concept of yes (laughs) but i didn't until it's (laughs) paper
1: and news yeah yeah. no but i meant the political thing because i've kept away from all that but i understand that that means that and that usually means you're more left or left or right or whatever and i didn't really know what the daily mail was it was only when i watched an alan partridge episode and one of the guys meets the other guy that's just like him and he's got a copy of the daily mail and he goes daily mail and alan partridge goes possibly the best newspaper in the world i thought right i know everything about the daily mail now it's an alan partridge favorite i get it it's also
0: interesting enough the telegraph is actually got worse like in what way uh the telegraph is now the daily mail for very old people
1: oh it's even fracturing Uh, yeah
0: and it's it's awful it didn't used to be that didn't didn't used to necessarily be that bad but now now reading some of the articles my goodness it is objectionable we'll move on this is the last question
1: on newspapers what's the a young person's is there a sort of what would be the youth version what so the Twitter, you, like honestly. No, but I mean, no, they, if, what would be the newspaper that was for the youngest generation? The, honestly, I think kids yeah. don't read newspapers. No. So. I still find it funny when I see somebody reading The Sun. Because it's you like a caricature now. That the Sun, the sun, the sun used to be, we will introduce you, I promise. Yeah, <laughs> go on.
0: The Sun used to be a lot of fun. Like I didn't I didn't agree with oh, politics, fun. but they used to have it used to I oh, used to used to have fun headlines. And it used to be kind of a Zeitgeist thing where it was sort of it tried to appeal to the everyman and the zeitgeist. Um and it sort of had a slight like whims it had a slight like whimsy and a bit of a sense of humor about things. It didn't take itself too soon. It was it was a bit daft and a bit silly, and it would pick up things that were that were daft and yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. But One of the deputy, I think, deputy editor of the Mail took over a few years ago, about four, five, six years ago now, and it's just very politicised now, and it's lost its sense of fun. Like everything,
1: like everything, lost the sense of fun and political. Well, there we go, Andrew Wallace, OBE. What's the what's the pro? Were you going to correct me on something? No. Oh, okay. What's the the, the silence? I thought. Oh no, I've got it wrong. What's how do you how do you get an OBE? Is there a phone call? Do you apply?
2: Is that what is it? I thought I got a speeding ticket. Because it literally comes <laughs> oh, Her Majesty. It, it comes in a brown envelope. Right. And I just finished speed school. Oh right. And this brown envelope arrived. And my, what do you mean speed school? You got a ticket? I got a ticket. Okay, yeah. okay. So I'd finished that, I got the points off my licence. Right. I thought, fine. And then another brown envelope. Oh, oh no. <laughs> usually nothing good comes in a brown no, envelope. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah.
2: And and then you open it and it's from Her Majesty. And what does it what's the opening? What's it? I mean, uh, it says we're we're pleased to announce. It's all very formal yeah. and posh, right. but like on sort of just plain paper. Oh right. right. But you you've been awarded an OBE, right? But now you can't tell anybody for the next oh. five months or whatever months. And, and, until it's announced. Yeah. Oh, oh right. I'm surprised. Even oh, I suppose you've got to get ready for it. Um, is it like a wax seal still wet? Was it not that? <laughs> have we not no, have we moved on? No, 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 no. It's it's a brown envelope. That's all you get, and then. Then you get the sort of the formal certification that comes in a great big sort of manila envelope and right. all the paraphernalia that comes from Buckingham House. And, and I know these are quite pedestrian questions, but do you have to buy a new suit? Is there a type of suit? Is it what? Do they let you just? Oh, no. No, there's, there's a dress oh, right. code. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. You, you get this thing, like the dress code. So, yeah, it was an expensive month right. because you can yeah. take <laughs> three people with you plus oh, yourself. So it was like new suit. Uh, oh, right. The whole yeah. yeah, new new outfit for my partner and then. Uh, my eldest and my youngest came, so they, oh, nice. they of course wanted the banker dad to pay up. And what's what's the 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 day? Quick, as an overview, turn up. So it was at Windsor Castle. Yeah, oh, it was at oh. Windsor. Oh, right. So you drive up, the, you know, the mile um, through Windsor Park to the castle, yeah. and then there's security that you got to go through, go through security, drive into Windsor Castle, and then literally it is it's a whole process. So you're met, guided into where you go. Uh, you then have a sort of uh, a lecture in terms of what's going to happen for the rest of the day. Then you're divided into, um, so there's the MBE OBEs and then there's the nights and, and, and- the knighthoods and the dames go off to one room and then oh. the rest of us oh, I I don't like earthy. that. Cause you should be the king of the day to know no, that no, no, there's no, no. a tier of no, people. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, no, yeah. Why are these like walking <laughs> past
1: us into the queue first? Like, so, turned left and turn the right. The platinum
2: room. <laughs> yeah. So I was, I was on the same day as um, Lenny Henry. So Lenny Henry. Went, <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. I prefer to be in that room. To be yeah, that would, It would have be been more fun. Yeah. <laughs> but th- then you get in there, there's a, there's a glass of wine and then you're told, and then you sort of f- follow the, one of the courtiers into, um, this long, long sort of corridor room where where you line up, yeah, and and then you just you work your way around, and when you get to sort of, um, you then you walk into another room and you're told this is what you have got to do. So you have you have to walk to this point, turn, walk up to her Majesty, oh, right, okay. bow, yeah, then she'll have a little conversation with you, yeah, then you must walk backwards, back no bow again, can't then turn walk back. backwards, can't turn your back, yeah. And, And then you have to walk across the the angle the other way to to exit the room. And then all the guests are in the the rest of the hall there. Did you you rehearse walking backwards to make sure you got an angle like the wrong way? (laughs) But it was one of those things like when you're getting closer and closer to the front, you're getting right across to the point, turn, up, bow. Whatever you do, don't turn around and go back. And then the person in front of me turned their back and walked away. I'm not doing that. And I didn't. Well, I was going to say... I. I would overthink that
0: because I'd just be like, "Okay, yeah. you've got to walk. You've got to walk eight steps. You've yeah. Got to bow." Uh, it's one of those things where I would overthink that and just end up doing a weird walk. <laughs> basically, it's I.
1: Were, uh, that's when and, you then, said, and
0: then the queen would be like, "Oh, poor lads. It's, yeah, yeah, something yeah, it's up his there. fault. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's I, something else
1: the there. It's the first thing I thought of. You'd forget. You'd overthink it and forget. Yeah. It and naturally, just turn around and walk.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And three steps in, you'd realise, <laughs> yeah. "Oh no, do I now turn back?" <laughs> Well, oh, you could God. see that the person in front of me that turned and what you could see as they were sort of going, "Oh crap, I've done it wrong," yeah. <laughs> and then it's that dilemma: do I turn around do I not? Do or not? Just, just yeah. <laughs> do I commit? Do I commit? Would you turn back round, Charles? Or would uh,
1: you?
0: I think I'd turn. I'd maybe do a little
2: spin oh, and then moonwalk out. Only joking. <laughs> what um what did the queen say to you? Actually, she she was really impressive because um you you think of the number of people that that go through. Yeah. yeah, yeah um and i i discovered this afterwards um she's briefed on everybody that that's getting an award It's a lot of people oh. yeah so um so before you go up one of her um her equerries comes up and just whispers something and so she came up and she said um it's it's really terrible modern slavery and i'm so grateful for what you and your organization are doing I encourage you to keep going yeah. and all of that and it's just like you know for someone that was in their 90s yeah. well late 80s then yeah um, she was just completely switched on to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a little personal yeah. touch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to keep switched
1: on for every person. You'd think you'd yeah. start forgetting, even if somebody just whispered you, but to carry on. Yeah. I suppose you've been doing that all your life, really, haven't you?
0: Yeah, my my mum went to an audience with uh, Princess Margaret. Yes. Yeah. And uh, same thing is that uh, they, they were there because their friend did some charity work. So same thing. And she was going, you know, they did the meet and greet. And yes, and she she said, oh, you know, well done with the mention, mention name of the organization, yeah. and you know, literally, she was meeting hundreds of people in a line. She, you know,
1: she was, she was briefed on everyone else. You know. oh, yeah, um, so, and what did you receive your OBE for? What, what?
2: Uh, I think the official citation is for uh, work in combating and eradicating modern slavery. Oh. Mm. Um, and what what are the benefits? What do you can you now do? We've <laughs> I think we've mentioned this before. Do
1: you have to queue up in Marks and Spencer still? Yes, <laughs> waitrose. Yes. Surely not Sainsbury's. <laughs> no. <laughs> but,
0: but doesn't well, it make if you ever if you ever ever were to say not that you would, but yeah. if you were ever to say, Don't you know who I am? <laughs> like that that gives it a bit more weight. No, the, the
2: the only joy I get from it is is when I go to the States because it, the, right, They that, don't know because it's royalty, you know, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they they understand it's something right. to do with royalty. So they go do I have to call you sir? I said. Not only do you have to call me sir, but you have to bow. <laughs> yeah, and, of course. And then they, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, you don't. I'll, a, I'll, I'll I'll
1: never. No, don't make eye contact as well. No, yeah, I can't remember who Dan's, it was. I, can't remember who the celebrity was, but he said he was there. Oh, Stephen Fry, I think it was, and he was there with Penn and Teller, and they were just meeting the Queen. You know, the magicians Penn and Teller. That's yeah. a that's a strange day. And now, he was the, Stephen who's Fry, the taller Penn guy. Uh, Pen, yeah, whoever the taller one is, he Hello? he said, yeah. I said, listen, I'm not bound to the what do I do because I'm not bound to him blah blah. I don't believe in all that, it's ridiculous. Da, da, da. Anyway, so he said, she was coming down the line, blah, 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 and he said, I was more worried about like what he's going to say, and he's not going to be because he's quite, yeah. he doesn't believe in that. He was saying, like, Americans don't do, we don't do yeah, all this. So all a, I think he's a libertarian, dude yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. To anyway. Him. He said, so she came along, and then she came to him, and he said, I automatically bowed, <laughs> and then which one? He's when he, he said to Stephen, he said, I can't believe I bowed. He said, I'm going to be humiliated in my country. He said, I don't know why I did that. And she said, obviously, oh, you know, she has that power over people. But he said, I just automatically did it. He said, it's just
2: out of politeness. She was so nice. Yeah, just, it's kind of like, it's peer pressure in it. You're yeah. in that situation when everybody else is doing it. It's, yeah. it's really a, a strong person that's going to go. Well, no, I'm not.
0: But, 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 and this is it's a mark of respect you know for for the sort of office and institution even if you don't necessarily believe in it it's like taking your shoes off if you go to a mosque or covering yeah, yeah, your head yeah. if you go to you know synagogue or whatever you might not necessarily be a you know, a member of that faith. But you're showing respect to the, yeah. to the you know, to the institution. You're showing respect to the, you know, the, the premises. So.
1: Oh, talking of showing respect, I completely forgot. I meant to say to you something. There's a reason why I'm dressed in this. <laughs> but I'll go into it afterwards. And the reason I haven't shaved, but, is, you know, we should, we should have a little extras show we can put out. But I did want to apologise for the way I'm dressed. I'll explain to you after the show. It was a funny night, so I had about 45 minutes sleep. So if I was white, I thought, I would better tell you in case I yawn, because it was a really bad night. Anyway, so, uh, you're... I, somebody I'm going to have on the show, I said this to him. I like meeting human beings like you because you're doing it. You're not a celebrity because of it. You're not going to be a multimillionaire because of it. You're one of those people that are actually doing something that matters. And it's a, more of a privilege to meet people like you than people that have got a lot of accolade for doing these big things because that your stuff really, really matters. So when I heard... Um, So I uh, listened to a few things that you've done, and I've stopped myself, as I was saying to Charles before the show, because I wanted to hear you fresh. Um, So if you just explain what you do, Unseen, what that is quickly.
2: So um, I founded a charity called Unseen, which is an anti-slavery charity. So we do five main things. So we work with victims of modern slavery that are found in the UK, offering everything from accommodation to support to helping them reintegrate back into society. We work with all what we call the major blue light agencies, so everything from the National Crime Agency, Border Force, to all the way down to the Bobby on the beat. We work with businesses, helping them tackle modern slavery and forced labor in their supply chains. We run the UK's Modern Slavery Helpline, which is a 24-7, 365 helpline for victims, businesses, police, nurses, general public, um, victims to call in terms of help get me out of this situation, the public to go, I've seen something; it's right, not yeah. quite right, um, and we use all of that frontline sort of interaction with the issue to try and work with governments and improve legislation and policy
1: process. So you work with all of them because there's always a thing of like who deals with it. They can phone that number, yeah. and you sort of sort it out. And it's not a I know there's a problem; it's a.
2: I don't want to waste your time, but I think maybe that you can take. It It can like be that. both. Right. It, it, it could be somebody that Something says, more explicit. yeah, I, I, you know, I've seen this, this going on and, right. and everything else and, and, and I want to report it or it's, I've got concerns about this. And, and often what we say to people is, you know, when you've got that gut feeling that mm, yeah. yeah, it's not, something's not right here. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with it. We just say, look, call us. It may be nothing. Yeah. And in most cases it is nothing, yeah. but that's fine. But what if your call, and we have had these calls, we had one call that literally, as it unravelled, it led to over 200 people being set free. Oh, really? Wow. So wow. it is just, it's just, just—it's a yeah. You know, sometimes it is just that, you know, yeah, something's not right here.
0: I think th- things like that can be important because it's, it's sort of, Intelligence on the ground, sort of intelligence kind of things, and it sort of gives you a bit more an idea of what's going on in different areas. Yeah, it's eyes and ears, isn't it? In terms of what's, can I ask
1: what was the call? The gist of the call.
2: What was the what's been seen? They, I I think originally it started with they had concerns about the comings and goings of people from a house. Right. Okay. So everybody left at the same time, got into a van, disappeared all day, came back late at night. Always the same people. Never went out. No interaction. Yeah. You know, it, the curtains were always drawn, and just I think it was just a neighbour yeah. that just said right. mm, the movement of people. Something just seems odd. something not. Right, right here. Yeah. Um.
1: Now, the, what I the story I stopped myself listening to. You you spoke about the fact of that there was a big tall guy that worked somewhere.
2: Uh, can you explain his story? Because it was to do. It's not a, like a young girl that was. Yeah, and no, I, I call him Robert. That's not his Robert, real name. Okay, yeah. Um. So this. It was 5 a.m. in the morning, um, and there was a police raid onto a farm in Cambridgeshire. And we were part of the the, the operation. So we were there for when the police brought people back who they suspected were victims of trafficking and and forced labor to work with them, to assure them that they weren't in trouble, that there was help and support for them and everything else. So the raid took place at 5 a.m. The police brought them back. We started talking with them. I can't remember the, the numbers, you know, there's 20, 30, 40 people, something like that. And we spoke with them all day and none of them would give up any information. I mean, you could tell that they were terrified. Yeah. They were grateful, um, you know, for food and, um, uh, and, and uh, a drink and, and all of that. And then they started going, yeah, but we're not earning. And, and you could, it wasn't beyond just, "I'm, you know, I'm going to miss a day's pay. It was like, there's consequences to me not earning yeah. in, in that whole process. And we kept working with them day, you know, all throughout the day. And after about 12 hours, this guy Robert um, and a, a, an older woman came up and said, um, let us tell you what's really going on. And what, was hap- what had happened is they'd been recruited, they'd been brought to the UK to work on a farm. The farm wasn't abusing them. They were, the farm was paying them all the legitimate wages and, and all of that. The abuse was taking away uh, taking place away from the farm, and they were under the control of a, of a gang master who controlled where they lived, controlled how they got to the farm, um, had control of their bank accounts, so they would be paid money directly into the bank accounts, and then they would empty the bank accounts of all the money, okay. and then they would use the money uh, sorry use the bank accounts to money launder from other criminal activity
0: oh, well, Goodness um, and
2: then the, the women were also then sexually exploited at night, so they were sold they were pimped out oh, at night. So this, this all happened. And because of the intelligence around the operation, um, the, the farm had guaranteed their jobs back. Um, one of the major banks had guaranteed them new bank accounts and, and all of this whole process. But what it taught me was the level of control yeah. that, that people have over other people to so the, the fact that they won't share that information. So it, and, and also there was new housing for them as well. So new housing, new jobs. Everything, you know, everything that they thought they were coming to yeah, they got was guaranteed for them. But it took all of that. Yeah. And so at the end of this, when they started giving up that information, their concerns were, will the gangmasters come after us? Yeah. And, and the police said, no, we've, we've already arrested them. They're all arrested on that. And, you know, even then taking the next step in, in saying, actually, this is actually what happened was a huge, huge sort of
1: yeah.
2: step of courage. But the bit that always got me i mean this guy was six foot six and built like a brick house you would not <laughs> yeah, want to yeah. meet him on a rugby pitch you know it was yeah. just it, it would just I, I used to play rugby it would end badly <laughs> um when we rehoused him um we then went and sort of got provisions for them and handed them over and and as we were leaving he he stood in the door and he said to me can you guarantee that i'm going to be safe and he was petrified and I, I just, you know, six foot six, yeah. you could kick the crap out yeah. of anybody, and yet this is what the mentality exploitation does broken, to you. Yeah. It, he was just broken as an individual. Um, it, it, is, is that because
0: people feel that because I mean, I don't. Did, did, were they here?
2: Elite? well Illegally? But they were no they legally. Here, they were here legally. Legally. Oh. That's the, that. That is the yeah. And most people are, you know, most people think, ah, oh, okay, you're talking Snuck about small in, boats yeah. crossings, or you came in the back of a container. D- yeah, but people don't know the people who don't know their rights. People, people
0: who maybe aren't got bank accounts. People who things. technically aren't here, you know, in a legal status or whatever. Maybe, maybe aren't here to, you know, don't have a right to work or whatever. But you know, so they fall through gaps and they they feel no, like they can't go to he, the authorities. He
2: had applied to a, what he thought was a legitimate ad in Eastern Europe, <laughs> so he applied for this job. He. Um, and they said, yeah, we've got this job on the farm. True. He's then moved from overseas to here, thinking it's going to be a $40 coach ticket. And he arrives to find that, well, no, actually, it's $4,000. And he you, you can't pay that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's then, you have to live here. And the rent is more each week than he earns. Right. And so the debt burden builds up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I'm mashing a couple of stories here, but, yeah. you know, they yeah. will. The exploiters will use all sorts of means of control. They'll go, "Oh, look at my phone! Isn't that your mother? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Look at the date. Yeah. You step out of line, she gets it. Yeah. Or is that your, Kill your them if partner? love for or other is that people? Your, your child, yeah. or, or yeah. all of that? Oh, you're now in debt. You owe me this money. Yeah. You've got to pay it off, and, and they never pay the debt off. Yeah. And then they might play. Oh, you came in on a, uh, a a worker's visa to do this type of job, but now I've got you doing this. You've breached your your visa. If if you say anything, the police will arrest you. Yeah, or it's as crude as violence. Right, yeah, they'll just beat beat the crap out of them if you step out. I knew I I knew a guy I used to do removals,
1: and there was um, a guy that worked there. I won't say his name, a Romanian guy, and he said when he came over, he was in the car washes. They had him doing car wash. I think I can't remember how much he was getting a day, but it was ridiculous. They said he'd have his own flat, and there was like eight of them. And then the money kept going up. And he he said. He was a very proud, hardest worker I've ever, and I've worked hard. And he was—I remember him as being the hardest working bloke. And um, he he said, he said, I'd borrowed so much money. He said he borrowed money from his school teacher, like people in the local. He said because people come up to where they were in the hills and things, and they're showing the big car, and they're showing you pictures of thing and the job. And he said I was borrowing money from this person. Oh yeah, we're going to go England. The the thing of the—I said I came in and I was working on the car washes for whatever it was. And he said, then there was like six of us in a room, and they say saying I had money for this, this, and this, and this. And I felt so bad for him. Mm. He said, but they just lied. We don't know. You come, somebody comes over and shows you pictures, and a nice Mercedes Benz out there. He said they had a woman that came up. Oh, look, this amazing stuff. I'm going to sort you out property, blah, blah, He said, you get so caught up. And he said, but one of the reasons I didn't go just try and get back, he said, I would borrowed so much money to go over. I was embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't shame. want to go yeah. back and say, look, sorry. I've got nothing. Like the embarrassment killed him. And that, that was, a proud, was a tough guy as well. I thought... I feel so bad for him.
2: But we also... I, I mean, I, I remember colleagues coming back once. They'd been on a, um, what the police call problem profiling. So they were visiting car washes just to sort of get a feel for what yeah. was going on. And they'd uh, come across a bunch of Slovakians who had been paid three pounds a day. I mean, working 8 a.m. Yeah, to 8, eight p.m. Yeah. Three pounds a day. They were then... There were 27 of them living in a loft. In a loft. And they talked about hot bedding. You know, we talk about hot yeah, desking. Yeah, no, there was yeah. That was hot, hot bedding. Oh, because... And, and this, I think this is the way to understand what, um, what modern slavery is because people go, oh, you know, is it this or is it this one? I said, look, there, there's loads of technical definitions and they're important, you know, for, for the law. But to try and help someone understand what we're talking about, what it is is you take a human being and you turn them into a commodity. And the exploiter is, is nothing more than an illicit commodity trader and their commodity is a human being. Yeah. And they look at that commodity and go, how am I going to get the maximum amount of profit yeah. out of that commodity? Yeah. And it is I will just exploit them and in multiple ways. So that you know they may exploit them um, by inserting them into a legitimate workplace or not in a legitimate workplace. They won't pay them appropriately. Um, they'll use their bank accounts. They'll use them for benefit fraud. Um, if you can exploit them during the day in work and exploit them during the night in, yeah. in the sex trade, great. Because yeah. you know. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, and um, if you've got their name in the bank account, I mean, there's all sorts of stuff you could earn money from. Just, oh yeah, no,
1: they'll use it for, for other criminal activity as well. Just siphoning out anything, take from a there. loan or whatever. You, yeah, take, yeah. you know, I was surprised when you said about the bank account. I thought, oh, they've got bank accounts.
2: Yeah, yeah. Was, well, that but he'd come from a legitimate job and yeah. it was all set up. But if if you're an exploiter and you can access a legitimate bank account, yeah, happy days. Oh, that's crazy. And do you know what's what happened after with him? Didn't. I, I I don't know the and end of the story fine. other than I left him, he was fine. And, uh, you know, he was assured that his job was there tomorrow and, um, and all his lost earnings were, were going to be repaid to him as well. No. So, you know, he, he was in a good place. Who, heard, where, who would that. that have come from? The employer or a bank or what, what would that have? Uh, I can't remember.
1: What, um, so did you literally have to go to the bank
2: and say, look, this is their situation. This is what we are. So the, the, the police operation set all of that up. Right. So intelligence is gathered. Yeah. Um, they understood that the bank accounts were being used illegally. Yeah. So, you know, they, they would monitor those bank accounts. Yeah. So, you know, payday money goes into all yeah, of these comes th- accounts, same day, all the money goes out and, and it, it started raising those red flags. And so it's about joining all the dots and, and what, what we often say to police and, 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 and any of these investigations is the first thing you start is a financial investigation. Yeah. It's going to follow the money. You know, where does yeah. the money go? Because that's what this that's, trade is yeah. about. It's just people who are used as the means of making money. Yeah. Um,
1: so, and the thing with the bank account and somewhere to go and all that, that's pre set up. Yeah. Oh, okay, because that that was my that would be the big thing of like well, there's no point in helping me, and I've got nowhere to go when I've got no money. But yeah, that, that... that was
2: a sort of archetypal, you know, that, yeah. that's how an operation should take place, yeah. which is you, you recognise that what you've got in front of you are victims yeah, who that's right, are yeah, terrified. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. and this is why police work with charities like Unseen and others, which is we're there to deescalate and to address their fears right, and yeah. to reassure them. Yeah and Try and get them to a place where they feel comfortable then telling the police what's, what's gone on yeah. and and assuring them that they're not going to get into trouble.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was so glad when it said, Well, we've got you somewhere to go. When you got the thing, I thought, Oh, good, that, that's you're not like you said, even though it's, it seems common sense, but until you think about it, yeah, the, 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 these aren't people that snuck into that they're victims, you're looking at yeah. a victim of something, so they have, you can't just pick them up and say, We're well, help us, yeah, you're there to save them, sort of thing. Um,
2: what. What did you do? What was your work career leading up to this?
1: Uh, Where were you born?
2: Very, I was born in Leeds. I'm a Yorkshireman, okay. right? Okay. okay, to Lancastrian parents. So, so I support Yorkshire Cricket Club and Liverpool Football Club. You know, so I play both sides <laughs> of the pen. <penult. laughs> okay. Fair. So uh, my geography—I wasn't educated that well—is so Leeds part of Yorkshire? Yeah.
1: Oh, it is. I never—I didn't even
2: realize. Okay. Yeah. It's actually the capital of the country. It's kind of like the War <laughs> of the Roses hasn't finished yet. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I London's got it on sort of temporary licence oh. Yeah.
1: oh Chicago used to be the capital of America did you know that did it yeah I think it was the 1700s
2: okay. what was the reason I've forgotten um, so, so you were born there yeah. what, where did you you went to school up north no I i my father was a vicar in the Church of England, so I, oh, nice. I lived all over. So I lived in uh, from Leeds to London to Singapore to South Korea. Oh, oh wow. Um, and then I lived on an American compound, so I came back to this country. Why did you um, use the word compound? That's what it was called. Oh, I, it just, um, <laughs> seemed a bit harsh. <laughs> no, no, you weren't held in no, it, was you? Yeah. No, no, no. Okay, right. I, I, I mean, I, I lay claim to the, like, the coolest birthday party ever. yeah. Which is on the flight deck of one of the, the US aircraft carrier. I'm, okay, I mean, top that. Yeah, you know, yeah, you win. I win. Yeah. You win. I mean, you, win yeah. you win birthdays. Yeah, birthdays. <laughs> you know, it's that when it, whenever it's that round in, in the game, you know, you know you're going to win. Yeah. You play yeah. your joke. Me and Charles <laughs> have been to the Wimpy on our birthdays.
1: I never had. A, I never had a McDonald's. Oh, I was too there?
2: poor for a McDonald's. Oh. Birthday. <laughs> um, so, so and where did you? It's just schooling, university. What happened often? Uh, came back to this country, then lived in Glasgow, and then spent my sort of secondary school years in Seven Oaks in Kent. Why are you um, moving around so much? Just because my dad was. Yeah, I'm kind. Of, I'm what's called a third culture kid. Oh, okay. So it's like wherever I
1: am is home, right? So if you had to remove Yorkshire as your main home, where what um,
2: is next in place as your next? What did you spend most time? Youth. What. Probably Seven Oaks in Kent, but okay. I, I, don't, I don't think that way. Like when I mean, people yeah. say, "When where's home?" It's like, "Well, yeah. where I am, where well, your hat is." That's yeah. all. <laughs> you know, um, you know it's that strange thing that I like airports, like, and, and it's a thing. It's it, it's it's an actual thing. Third Part culture life, kids. I don't it, think like, I've ever heard anyone
0: say it. Yeah, yeah I know, but it's just because
2: yeah. you know I spent so much time just going through airports, yeah. so I have the, an insatiable appetite to travel. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and sort of see myself as sort of a world citizen i'm not really like
1: endeavor every time you feel the the, the doors open of the yeah, airport it feels like i'm a here we go again sort of thing yeah but no,
2: now it's got to be trains because you know environmental right threat, of course yeah yeah, yeah. um so uh, when did the professional career how did that start so i left university i joined marks and spencer uh, on
1: their any graduate. thought of uh, a career in the parish or anything no, it, it just didn't was, work, it was okay. the
2: absolute last thing I wanted to do. Um, <laughs> so my my life plan was, oh, like, um, do business and then go into politics. Oh, okay. Um, so that that's, you know, you know, you know when you're 16 and you're at school, like, so, so, Wallace, what do you want to do mm. with your life? I went to one of those schools where you had to sort of okay. explain, you know, what you're going to do with your life. And I said, oh, I want to do work in business till I'm about 14 then go into politics. And that didn't happen. But I worked in business to start with. So uh, I worked... Um Martin Spencer's, then I worked for London Electricity, which is now Eon. Okay. So I was a business analyst there. And then I went and worked for a church. How did that happen? Yeah, so, um, so so I did that, which ultimately led me to Bristol, which um and I think you know, if I look back, there's a constant thing that runs through my life which is about social justice. Yeah. Hence the observer paper. Yeah. Oh wow, right. um, so, okay. A, around that. Oh, okay. But I've, I've always you know when kids are growing up and they go, "That's not fair." Mm. I, I don't think I ever grew out of that's not fair." Yeah. That when it, whenever I see things that are unfair, it just really riles me, yeah and all of that. So in, in Bristol, we um, I was leading a church, we were really involved in trying to address problems within homelessness um, and drugs, etc. And the reason I then left that to start unseen was a colleague of mine. Um, I'd been to Ukraine way back and then a colleague of mine went on another trip to ukraine and he came back and he said i've got a, a weird story to tell you and i said okay hit me i've been when's to ukraine. this this would have been 96 97 oh, okay right back then okay no sorry 2000 um, decade out 2007 2008 yeah um he'd gone he, he was speaking at a conference then afterwards they were just in the hotel they were staying they were just um having a drink in the bar and this woman walked in and said, are you the, the people that I meant to meet? And they went, uh, no, who are you looking for? You're trying to be helpful. And she said, oh, I'm, I'm responding to this ad in the paper. And I said, oh, show us the ad. Uh, and the ad was um, for a job in Central Park in New York, selling ice cream, paying $80,000 a year. <laughs> and your reaction Yeah, just, red flags. Yeah. Yeah. I thought this yeah. was a proper
1: thing until yeah. he said that, oh, okay. Yeah.
2: One of the people on the team was actually from the States and was ex-FBI um, um, and knew all about human trafficking. Oh, right. And he said, this is just a complete setup. That the, There is no job selling ice cream for $80,000 in New If you follow this ad and, and meet the people that you think you're meant to be meeting, yeah. I can tell you what's going to happen to you. You'll be trafficked into sexual exploitation in the US because back then there was a massive from Ukraine. and uh, It's topical, isn't it? Um, yeah. Ukraine and, and other Eastern European countries, there was huge exodus um, of uh, women and girls just disappearing, and it was all into sexual exploitation. And a lot was going to the states. People, people were desperate, weren't they? But the yeah. was yeah, just, yeah, because you know they'd just come out of the, um, the Soviet era, and so she said, "Well, I, I've spent all my savings again on buying this ticket to go to, to New York." And they clubbed together and paid her off and said, look, don't ever respond to these ads again. Mm. Just leave and here's a bit extra to get you home and, yeah. and all of that. And just at that moment, her trafficker came in or her, the potential trafficker oh, yeah. came in and said, no, she's not leaving unless you pay me. Yeah. So they said, you leave and we'll pay you. And yeah. so they paid them and he left. And they thought that was it. About half an hour later, he, the trafficker came back oh, with the local police. And tried to extract more money because the police were part of yeah, yeah, in, in yeah, on yeah. the trafficking and, and all of that, and they just said no and, and fronted up, and yeah. they backed down, and then they all decided that they were going to have to leave pretty quickly, yeah, yeah. so that was a story that came back uh, you know, and I was like that's weird yeah. <laughs> that, that, that that is just a weird story yeah. you know um, and then uh, another friend of mine. We, we had also worked in Ukraine with the social orphan problem, which which is, um, you know, again, has sort of come to light in the whole conflict. And she came back, literally this is about four months later, came back, came into my office and said, I've got a weird story to tell you. And I went, oh, here we go again. And um, she said, we've been really worried about what happens to these kids when they leave the orphanage at 16. And, and we've been trying to work out, like, could we create a program from 16 to 21 to, to get them through university, give them more life chances and everything else. I remember having a very bizarre conversation with the foreign office saying, look, we'll, we'll raise funds in the UK in order to fund these kids through uh, into Ukraine universities. And they said, if you move any money from the UK to the Ukraine, we'll be all over you. <laughs> exactly. Was, oh, I'm just trying to do the right. <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, that's it. But she said, We started asking the the authorities, what happens to these kids at 16? And they just would not answer us. And we pushed and pushed and pushed. And eventually they said, well, what happens is they either leave and end up as drug addicts or as prostitutes, or they get into the back of traffickers' cars and are never seen again. So this is like trafficking, trafficking. And then I I saw, it's a bit like, you know, when you buy a new car and you think, I'm the only one that's got this car, and then – Every other sucker on the roads bought the same car as you in the same colors. How did that happen? Um, I just started seeing very occasional articles in the press about trafficking and everything else. And then I just came across an article that was, again, looking historically at trafficking from Eastern Europe to the U.S. And what it said was that the traffickers, in order to avoid detection at the major hub airports, you know, um, Heathrow or Frankfurt or Paris, they were using the regional airports in the UK because back then they had direct flights into US as well. But oh, okay. they didn't go into JFK. They went yeah, yeah, into yeah, you know sure. the back of beyond. Yeah. Um, it, all about avoiding detection yeah. in, in that whole process. And one of the airports that was named was Bristol, where I live. Oh. So I then did what I thought was normal, which was I wrote to every single member of the council, because we were already working with the council, all the MPs and the chief constable going... Look, I've had these two stories from Ukraine, I've seen something in the press, and now this story, what's going on, how can we help? And that ultimately led, to cut a very long story short, to a meeting with a really senior police officer who came and had a four-hour meeting. In Bristol. Bristol, In Bristol. Came into my, my office and he said, right, I'm going to tell you what's really going on. And he spent about four hours lifting a lid off Bristol and then off the UK and telling me about, yeah. about trafficking. And, and back then, he said, you know, we think we know of 75 residential properties that are being used as brothels where every single person in that brothel is trafficked. And all we can do currently is kick the door in, arrest the victims yeah, right. uh, for being here illegal or uh, illegally or in breach of um, you know, our antiquated laws around sex work um, or for visa defaults. It's the last thing I want to do. I know they're victims. We then put them in a and b or in a hotel to try and keep them safe whilst we begin the investigation. And overnight, without fail, they just abscond. And we know they go straight back to their traffickers and are moved to a different part of the UK. And the process all happens again. So he was frustrated as a cop that first he was having to, you know, arrest victims. Because that's that's not why I joined to be a police. And then I couldn't get the bad guys. And so... all of this, end of the conversation, he said to me, look, if you want to create a stink by writing this letter, you've done that because everybody's scrabbling around to try and answer the questions that you've raised. And you know, every, at least MPs, councillors and the chief yeah. were all talking to each other. You, you can retire happy if, if that's all you wanted to do. But then he said, but actually, what are you going to do? And I stupidly said, what do you need? And he said, I, I need a safe house. I need somewhere to put them safe where these victims can be cared for. So, that we can then find out the real story of what's going on, so I can get the bad guys yeah. in that whole process. And for some reason, I just said, Okay, I'll do that one condition. You're my first trustee, because at this point, you know more than I do. Right, yeah. So he said, Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, without any consultation, I was like, Oh, what have you just done? Yeah. <laughs> um, but because he was so senior, he was then able to get me into right. what was then called the serious crime agency yeah, yeah, and the yeah, home yeah. office and, and everything else. Um, and I'd been a management consultant previously. Um, and so as I started looking into it, it was just, the response was chaotic. Yeah. And I was just like, this is this is nuts. You know, we're, we're not winning. And yeah. everybody was fighting amongst themselves in that whole process. Right, yeah. is,
0: is that due to a lack of sort of um, an overarching plan or, or coordination? Is, is that due to all these
2: different departments and organisations um, not communicating effectively? Or it, it was kind of a mix of things. So some of it was turf wars. Some of it was just not an appreciation for the scale of the problem, not really knowing how the problem manifested itself. So back then, it, most of the, the conversations were around trafficking for sexual exploitation. That's what we thought thought what it was, um, and it was it was incredibly territorial. So I I, um, I, I didn't want to set up unseen. I, I mean, the first thing I you know having a sort of greed with this police officer. Um, who's still a trustee by the way yeah. uh, that we were going to do this i then thought hang on no this we don't just need another charity you know so i then sort of approached all the other charities and, and yeah it, politely they told me to bog off and go away so i said fine okay i'm just going to get on yeah. with it because i can see a need in front of me um and i think policing just weren't weren't aware of it um yeah you know, there were little indicators Do you remember Morecambe bay yeah. the chinese cockle pickers oh, yeah, yeah, yeah? yeah so that was that was kind of oh, sort of yeah. Known about, but not huge yeah. um, in terms of understanding forced labor exploitation. Uh, every now and then, you, you, you have a big
0: story. I mean, there was that awful thing with the um, uh, the Vietnamese people in the container ship. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it has to be very, very bad. Right, unfortunately, yeah. before it
1: reaches, yeah, you know? and that uh, wasn't
2: trafficking; that was people smuggling, which yeah. is different. Oh, okay, oh, um, okay, so what,
1: that's just taking that was... money to get them here, sort of thing. Yeah,
2: okay. and, th- and this is this is really interesting, which is. Um, w- w- I've, you know, we, the sector has spent the last 10 years saying, look, trafficking is not smuggling. Right. If, if you're a smuggler, I pay you to get me across an international border and that's it. It's a tra- right, That's yeah. the transaction. Um, and yes, I'm incredibly vulnerable because I'm trusting you. Um, and that you as a smuggler could sell me onto a trafficker. Yeah. But in the vast majority of cases, that is the transaction. Yeah. So everything that's going on in the channel. The vast majority of that is smuggling. It's not trafficking. So the government keep calling it trafficking, but right. it's not. And I keep telling them off on Twitter. Listen, <laughs> I'll keep offering them free lessons. You know, I'll <laughs> yeah, teach yeah. you the, what the definitions are. Trafficking is, at its simplest, it is the recruitment and the movement of someone that is deceptive for the purposes of explo- exploitation. Right, okay. Oh, it's a deceptive thing. Yeah, and movement can be from one side of the street to another. Right. It doesn't have to be across an international border. Yeah. But there is overlap
0: within those two.
2: Right? Yeah, yeah, smuggling can lead into trafficking. Yes, yeah. And traffickers will say, um, and we know this, you know they will get them up to Calais and say, right, you're, especially with Vietnamese, your job now is to get across that border, get across the channel. The only thing you need to remember is this mobile number. And when you get in the UK, ring this mobile number and we'll come and get you.
1: Okay. Has it changed in the last 10 years, the smuggling or the
2: trafficking rather? Or is it still following the same lines? Or another way of asking the question is, has it got worse or has it got better, or has it grown? I don't know, because I don't think we ever knew what right, the base yeah. numbers were. It's right. very difficult, isn't yeah. it? To, yeah, because these are, these are people who are… It's a hidden crime. Isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, the people so, below the radar. So it's, yeah. We think, with a, a high-level degree of certainty, that at any one time in the UK, there are in excess of 100,000 victims of slavery in in a modern in a modern day i mean yeah it is, it,
1: it is appalling cameras you know? phones what do you think it yeah still a, a, a,
0: a, what should should apparently be a civilized society yeah. like one of the it's still in the g7 still one of the richest countries in the world and just it is staggering yeah so
1: if if somebody is being trafficked that the they can call your could call your organization and say look i yeah. don't know anything but this is where I am and thing and somebody
2: will turn up or what so, would be the, what usually happens if a victim calls say the helpline is they'll call up and say, I'm calling about my mate Paul oh, right. and it can be in one of yeah. 200 languages. We can deal with yeah. any language and, you know, and we discover over a number of calls what's happened to Paul. Yeah. You know, I, Uh, I went with this person, I was promised a job, I arrived, the job wasn't there, and now I'm being forced to do something else and I don't get paid and there's threats against me, um, you know, on and on. By about call number 678, they go, I'm Paul. Right, Um, yeah. And then the question was, so do you want to leave that situation? Um, And some do and some don't. And, and you can't force anybody. You know, it's a confidential helpline. We, you know, we're not yeah. tracking where the yeah. phone calls come from. You know, we're not the police. We're not, and, you know, we maintain our, our independence. And some of them will say, yeah, I want to leave. And this is the other sort of like, you know, they're not chained up at night. and, and all. That. The, the controls are psychological yeah, of course, in yeah. that whole process. And over, you know, a, a series of, of calls, they may say, yeah, i'm I'm ready to leave so you know and then we work with them where do you, where do you want to go and some of them go I, I i want to go to the police and so we will then liaise with the police and the victim and say okay um and they'll have phones so we'll send you the address you can google map it to your phone go to this police station and this is the officer's name and number that and they're waiting for you, Right. Yeah. A- and they'll do that. Others will meet a police officer in a neutral location. Others don't want to go anywhere near the police, so we liaise with NGOs around the country Um in that whole process. Um Yeah, I, su- I was thinking, as you were saying about them calling, I
1: would imagine the first few calls are them just tiptoeing around. Am I going to get in trouble? What's the yeah. thing? Is they're t- real? they're Is testing they're re- it out, yeah. yeah. Are
2: you going to refer me to Immigration Enforcement? Yeah, no, yeah just that. Beep, yeah. hang up the phone. Yeah. Others, literally, we have had calls where people go, I've got 30 minutes and you've got to get me out of this situation. Wow. And and because we're plugged into all the police forces, we can get somebody there and they just crack at that time so that you've got to come. I in. think the quickest we've done it in is something like 17 minutes, literally from call to the person being extracted out of the property that My they were goodness, in. I to, um, for, for, from the
0: outside, it, it seems it has some of the trappings of uh, a, a domestic abuse sort of. Uh, the the mentality and the you know you were saying this this threat of violence this sort of um, uh, beating people down but you know mental abuse as well and like it seems to sort of have it, just just from an outsider it seems to have some of those things you're talking about sort of um, you know rescue homes and stuff and safe places away and people calling up and this it seems to be the same thing with sort of domestic abuse ch- charities sim, a similar a similar sort of psychology uh, I mean you know, yeah no it,
2: it is it is I mean, there's a form of modern slavery called domestic servitude. So, you know, someone that is forced to work or or be the childminder, mm. um, you know, and it is almost sort of Harry Potter-esque. The number of stories I've, I've heard from victims where, yeah, I had to live in the cupboard under the stairs, or I had to sleep under the kitchen table, yeah. um, and I was only fed the scraps from the table. You know, it is it's as stark as that. Yeah. But I think the the, the exploitation that people encounter is is horrific and you know whether we call it domestic it, we call it these things so that we can segment it and, and deal with it mm-hmm. but fundamentally it's about destroying an, uh, an individual you know it's so in a domestic abuse case it is it's it's the constant belittling and control and fear that just diminishes that person yeah um and then they've got to deal with the trauma of all of that same for the victims of modern slavery Um, and, you know, just as within domestic abuse, you know, there are people that lose their lives. So there are with modern slavery Mm. and, and it is, I think part of it is, I think there are different psychological drivers and with modern slavery, it is all about making money. Mm. So the, the exploiter looks at if I was exploited, I would look at you and go, there is my cash cow and I will exploit you as much as I can. You know, and it, 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 and we I've met victims, you know, that started in one form of abuse and then another form of abuse and another form of abuse until they were no longer economically viable. And then they're kicked out. And it's the litany of, of violence and it's the litany of control and the dehumanizing of that. And I remember talk, I talked with a psychologist once. I said... Taught, it me understand what happens to the human psyche when they realize they're nothing other than a commodity and they've lost all volition and control. And, and it's catastrophic for us as human beings to be in that situation because you're devoid of hope. Yeah. You, you, um, you know, PTSD gets banded around, but my colleagues that deal, you know, are on the front line deal with people that are suffering PTSD as a, base minimum. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, we kind of go, oh, PTSD. Oh yeah. You know, it's yeah. Kind of, and, you know, and we have to remind ourselves, no, actually that, that's quite tra- traumatic that that's where people yeah. are at. And, and one of the things I say to, to my colleagues on the front line is our job is not to rescue people and it's not to save people. Our job is to help people walk with a limp for the rest of their lives Yeah, because that is the reality yeah, because yeah. You, you don't leave that behind. Right, yeah. Um,
1: yeah, that sort of echo is going to be around them a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. Do you, um, So the, how, how did the um, – because I'd seen the Modern Savory Act over the last few years
2: pop up. Um, how did that come about? Um, so back to the OBE. Um, yeah. <laughs> so in 2011, I, I had a friend that worked for a think tank um, up here in London, and I said, look, I think this is the biggest social justice issue that this country is facing and doesn't know about. Uh, and I sort of badgered them for sort of two years to say, look, will you please look at this issue? And yeah, Because they were looking at issues of poverty and deprivation yeah, yeah. and everything else. And then eventually they agreed, and then they turned around and said, um, we want you to do it. So I spent two years with a, with a team going the length and breadth of the country. I think we spoke to about 200 organisations and individuals. We published a report in March 2013 um, called It Happens Here. Um, and we just got super lucky. I mean, we were headline news for a 24-hour news cycle. Um, you know, So I remember sitting in um broadcasting house at 5 a.m. doing, doing the first interview, um, where the, which was responding to the government's response to our report, which said modern slavery is here in the U.K., we we had also called it modern slavery so that's the first time that right, yeah, terminology'd yeah, yeah. been used in this country and the reason we and we agonized over whether we should because of you know the the sensitivity around the transatlantic slave trade yeah. but we said to you know it's not chattel slavery but it's just morphed and it's changed mm. and and all of that and and I joke in in the states because around the same time obama was at the global Clinton Foundation and said human trafficking. Let's call it what it is: modern slavery. So the joke is, who right. came first, Obama yeah, or yeah. me? But, you know, um, so depending who you're talking to, yeah. in the states, you, you get one <laughs> one side or the other. But um, so we 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 published this report with eighty recommendations. But basically, it said the UK is failing. It doesn't understand the scale of the problem, and the response is not proportionate to the problem. The first government response to it, um, and I remember, I was, you know, sitting in in a, in a cubicle. <laughs> I'm um, listening to what the government minister was saying. When, when was this roughly? This so is 2013. 2013. And um, he just said, "We think the government's response is adequate." And the reporter came to me, and you, and you know that moment. You know, in football, it's an open goal, yeah. and you go, <laughs> "It's an open goal." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you yeah. really, but, but you have you have to bear it. You yeah. know I mean? there's, there's,
0: There suddenly becomes that pressure. Yes, okay. don't
2: don't sky it. Or, yeah, yeah. or, or scuff <laughs> hit, shot, the shot. Yeah, don't hit the post. Um, and all of that. And I said. That's great to hear the government's response like that, but this report is a landmark report with 80 recommendations that would argue completely differently. And it was like, yeah, I've I've scored that. By midday, the government had had changed its response to, we take the report very seriously, we're going to look into all these um, recommendations. Um, That report went in. um, Eight weeks later, I was in the cabinet office with the cabinet, and Theresa May said, based on this report, we're going to do a Modern Slavery Act. And then I lost two years of my life to Westminster,
1: just working from
2: a bill to an act. And then we, we led, as Unseen, we led on the issue of saying actually globally. Remember I said earlier, when I started Unseen, all the thinking around trafficking was primarily on trafficking for sexual exploitation. That's about, a, in the UK, that accounts for about a quarter of all victims. The vast majority are in forced labor situations. And so we said business has a crucial role to play with this. Yeah, and yeah. so we we championed what was called transparency in supply chains, which required businesses to tell every year what they were doing to tackle modern slavery and what what does the i mean if you had a company
1: and you wanted to have that on there that you were part you're a party of that what is the process of being certified or certified whatever it's
2: it's not a certification so it's a legal requirement so you know you know how companies have to report certain things yeah so it says every year any company any large company and the definition of a large company is 36 million plus turnover globally not in the uk so it's not based on your sales in the UK, it's on, based on your global sales, and if you have a, a UK footprint. You must produce a report every year detailing all the steps that you are taking to tackle modern slavery in okay. your supply chains. And what would be the basics of that? Um, it, most reports in the, in the first year um, were, you know, we've got these, we think modern slavery is a really bad thing. Oh, good. No, yeah. no shit Sherlock yeah. um, we've got these policies and these procedures and then this is what we're doing to investigate and this is what we found and you know it's been patchy we've had some businesses that have really lent into it and said yeah we've really gone and look for it and we found it in our supply chains right, okay. um, in that whole process um, and we've got you know companies that still haven't. there's still about 19,000 companies are caught by the legislation just in the UK in excess of 100,000 companies worldwide are caught by the legislation there are still five and a half, maybe five, six, five thousand six hundred companies in the UK that have never produced a report. Um and so but in, the bigger companies, in the Queen's speech the bigger com- yeah, most bigger companies yeah. have so in the Queen's speech that's just been, the government have announced a new modern slavery bill. Oh yeah. Um and they're gonna significantly upgrade the requirements on businesses to to report
1: so it's not so casual as well. We've got uh, an email address. They're going to have
2: fines and everything else. Yeah. Right, so okay, you yeah. have to produce the report. If you have a website, you have to put a link to that report on right, the okay. front page of your website. Yeah. But now you've got the investor community are really um, uh, c- um, concerned about the, the lax response, but saying actually this is a really important issue. Yeah. And so investors, there's, um, there's a campaign called Votes Against Slavery. So investors to the tune of nine point four trillion. Pounds assets under management are leaning on companies to say you need to do more yeah, yeah. you need to tell us more yeah because this is all about due diligence yeah. and then there's another investor group that have got a campaign called find it fix it repair it and saying it's not enough to say you've got a policy right yeah well you had a policy back then you know you've yeah. done nothing in between right because uh, it is meant to be a sort of these are the steps that we took this year. Yeah, these are the things that we're going to do in the future. These be actively enforced and investigated. Yeah, and, and so that the government yeah. said it's going to it's going to do that. We'll see. I mean, the government could have taken any of those companies to court and said you must produce a report.
1: When you said that you um, produced the, the, the information about to the government for the first time, and they went, nah, Yeah, yeah, there's not a big problem." What? What is that? Just laziness? I mean, there's nothing to be gained from. Is it just less hassle for them to? Why they, would they say? They, they do i mean sort oh, they, they, like, caution- interu-
0: they, they do seem to interrupt they do they do seem to ignore a lot of things i mean this is what governments do they say well what are you going to do about global warming and they're like uh, it's not really a problem. It's just bat it away. What, you, what are you going to, to do, do, do about thing. the um, the cost of living crisis? Uh, it's not really that much of a problem. What are you going to do about Brexit? Uh, not really that much of a problem. What are you going to do about Ukraine? Uh, you know, so it's a way of not, if you right. don't acknowledge
2: that this it's just big problem is less to, is
0: actually a big problem, yeah.
2: well, you don't have to do much, you know. It's it, I think it's also, it's one of those political ones that is just like too difficult to deal with. Right. Because it, it's, the issue is so entrenched in our society. So can I ask you three questions? Yeah. Well, I'll ask you one question and then I'll ask After you three 12. questions. <laughs> okay. All right, I'll ask you both the <laughs> same right, question. Right, right. Okay. So, so the the headline question is how many slaves work for you? Ugh. So um, I'm going to ask you three questions to tease it out. Yeah. So do you eat food? Oh, I, think yes. I see where you're going. Yeah. 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 Thankfully, you're wearing clothes. Yeah. Even, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's where my thought, that's where my head went. I thought, well, clothes. Yeah. yeah. Oh. oh, And you both got a cell phone, mobile phone. Mm-hmm yeah yeah if not two yeah
1: uh, both guilty charles on all fronts yeah well.
2: so so you've answered positive all three so so without trying you are probably personally connected between 40 and 60 slaves
1: so, so two days ago and i'm not making this i keep going on about somebody i was with and i bought a t-shirt said bangladesh every single time i buy one i look and i see the number and this is bangladesh i said i said to her that shouldn't be that cheap and i've got a lot of money but i shouldn't be paying that a little amount of money some i as i said to her in the shop Somebody else is paying for this T-shirt to get that cheap for me. And it's a guilt. Like the, this was two days ago.
0: And I have to say that your, your question, as soon as you said, that, "How many slaves, you know, work for you?" Well, I thought clothes, and I thought, yeah, the you know, the fact that I bought a T-shirt for whatever, yeah, you know, five quid, six quid, or whatever in Tesco's. Yeah. um Obviously, someone's being exploited for that. You know, you can't pay a decent wage. Yeah. When, you know, you pay, someone isn't getting a decent wage, and I know that. And I'm a terrible person. I know that. And I still buy the T-shirt for six quid. Do you know what I mean? So why do you do that? Uh, because cause it's six quid. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So it's cheap. And this is where I'm the poacher turned gamekeeper. Because like I said, I started working for M&S oh, yeah. quite a while ago now. So back then, um, you know, M&S and, and others, it was all about quality. And you'd buy a T-shirt and that T-shirt would last you three, four, five years. Yeah, yeah. Buy a T-shirt now, you know, you, for, you know for some um, manufacturers, it's wear it once and throw it away. Yeah. Mm. Um, I've been to India and some of those factories that, that make our clothes, and I've been to the good ones because that's, that's the ones you get taken to. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you walk out of that, like, with a complete respect for the, the goods that you buy yeah. because you see that. But even before that factory, like a T-shirt, it's who picked the cotton? Mm.
1: Yeah.
2: And then who spun the cotton? And then who dyed the cotton? And then who cut the cloth? Yeah. And then who knitted it? Because
1: yeah, so, yeah, or you automatically might actually think of factory onwards, but it's, but it's all a, the way back. Know, yeah. a, see, uh, the, I, genuinely, when you said that, I was thinking about the conversation I had with people when they're buying something, going, "Look, how can I pay for that?" Like, for that? I've had that conversation again, and again, just the mm-hmm. other day. What, what are the options?
2: So, what I say was, it, it's back to who educated whom, you know, and it retailers have educated the customers. Um, and the reason that modern slavery exists is we are addicted to cheap goods and cheap services and cheap labor. Yeah. But we've become addicted to those yeah. things. And so actually it will be a generational shift right. to make people value things again. Right. And it's a really hard message. But, you know, we're living in a cost-of-living crisis. And, you know, I, people go, oh, you, you know, you're talking from a position of privilege. Um, yes and no. Um, but... Retailers will say, but the customer demands cheap. And I go to the retailers, but you educated them about cheap. yeah, Mm. And you de-educated them around value. And so people don't, like, you know, where's this come from? This came from a field where probably children were, I'm not saying this year, but, you know, in a lot of instances, children were forced to pick the cotton. Mm. And then it went to a, you know, a spin mill where, you know, the conditions are horrendous and on and on and you know we're seeing all this problem with Uyghurs in china you know which is was one of the major cotton producing areas of the world yeah you know, and the exploitation that's taking place there well if we're serious about it we need to help people understand who made my clothes yeah. who farmed my food and actually is cheap what we want if it means that our fellow human being is is being exploited yeah and you know that i've there's some preliminary work being done in terms around, well, actually, what would happen if we paid a decent wage all the way down the supply chain and we adhered to the principles of what's called decent work? It's a a UN standard around that. What actually happens? And and the concern in the West is, you know, a T-shirt would be 50 pounds. No, it wouldn't. Um, You know, with one major brand, a pair of jeans would go up by about 20 cents. Now, that's that's a benefit of globalization because you're just buying in such huge quantities. You know, the the, the cost burden is shared. But to me, that's almost like an irrelevance. What happens at the factory floor? And they looked at one factory in in Bangladesh. They said, okay, if we paid in that factory a contextualized living wage and we adhered to all the principles of decent work, what happens? In an instant, the children don't need to work and they can go back to school. We know all the educational benefits that come right, from yeah, staying yeah. in school longer, it, and ultimately it's economic uplift for that country much, yeah. much quicker, which means actually the the risk to vulnerability is is much much lower. so you know I, I want to enforce labor exploitation let's let's get the economy out. so kids stop working, but what also happens is productivity goes up and quality goes up, and so you're almost creating a win 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 yeah now can you afford twenty cents yeah. What? Or you say to the retailers, you can swallow that 20 cents because I know what your profit margins are. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you think, and they think they'd want to promote that. Yeah. Is there, um, what was the, is it fair trade? Was that
1: the food one, the fair oh, trade? Yeah. Was there questions around that? Or did it, was it, wasn't exactly what it should have been or something? I'm sure. No, I'm
2: it's, I, I, look, fair trade was great because it was trying to say, yeah. let's get a fair wage. So people go, no, well, I'm going to get that instead. Yeah. 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 It's just, I, things have moved on. Yeah. And actually, people are wanting, Better standards yeah. and all of that, and other things, have, you know, like Rainforest Alliance or UTS, UTZ have come up as well, and it's just um, it's it's like the bar's been raised, right? And, and fair trade just need to play a little bit of catch up in, in that and whole process. Is there
1: an ethical clothing fair trade sort of? There's nothing at the moment.
2: No, it, it's more niche, right? So you know, you can independent, and, and, yeah, and things. if it's niche. Inevitably, it's more a expensive because they yeah. haven't got the, the buying power. We need the major retailers.
1: Yeah, to do I'm this. surprised somebody hasn't broken ranks, a big company now, to go right. This is our thing. Well,
0: typically, uh, a, a lot of these companies, like your Gaps and your Nikes or whatever, your high street yeah. places. I mean, they will have their model factory, and they will say, "Look, here's our factory in wherever in Vietnam, in Bangladesh, in Zimbabwe, or whatever." Um, and it's fine, and it's lovely and clean, and it's new, and everyone is over eighteen, and everyone gets a decent wage, and it all looks lovely, and it's health and safety and ever thing, and it looks like a factory in um, wherever Ontario yeah. or you know or Marseille or whatever, or, or sort of Linger. Um And then typically, that's fine, and that's for the paperwork, and that's for everything, and for the videos online. But then typically, then they subcontract yeah, fine, a lot, yeah, most yeah. of the workouts to very, very shady places and to whoever the hell.
1: And they subcontract and they subcontract them. And then, sub- and sub- them yeah. and then yeah. it ends
0: up just
2: all over the place. Yeah. But it's not just Vietnam. No. It's Leicester.
1: Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah there again, was a yeah. thing. Yeah, a thing
2: Do you remember in the lockdown? You know, when mm. Well, it comes back yeah. to,
1: again, you've got to rejig what slavery is here. In it. I know you don't want to <laughs> absorb that, but it's back here again.
2: And so, you know, if we look at victims in the UK, if it's kids, UK nationals are number one. And if it's adults, UK nationals are about third, fourth, fifth, depending each quarter. So it, it's a problem that is both here. Yeah. It's a global it problem. Is, a global, yeah. is um, what are some of you your... like that term? Don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I saw you chuckle. No, it's good, yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah, I thought, ah,
0: it's good. To learn that. Charles <laughs>
1: thinks globally. He's more, Fair, yeah. remember that one. Um, do you, um, off the top of your head, who are some of the people that have really gone in for the modern slave act in England that you know of to give them a little shout? But in terms of companies, yeah, these ones really took to it.
2: I know it's still the sort of early stages-ish, but um, a lot of the supermarkets have. Oh, okay. Um, they, I mean, if they were here, they would say, look, a medium-sized supermarket carries about 100,000 lines. So for us to be, you know, back to your point, you know, can I have a label that says I'm that? Yeah. We have to certify 100,000 lines in that oh, whole yeah. process. So it's a, it's a huge job. So what they've said is, look, where do we think the biggest risks are and all of that? And there's been issues within, the say, Thai fishing, you know, prawns and, and all of that. So, they, you know, the supermarkets have lent into that and, and dealt with it. But it's a bit – it's not like whack-a-mole. It's like you focus on this and then you discover this and you discover right. this and yeah. discover this. You know, so d- during the pandemic, <coughs> um, there was a huge problem around the procurement of PPE. Right. Um, and the government's now been taken to court yeah. – because it, it knowingly purchased from factories in Malaysia that it had been warned right. are full of forced labour.
1: Even though they've been told? They've been told. And they still... Yet,
2: to the tune of billions. Yeah. Mm. And so it, this is what I mean about it, it's how it's so prevalent across, and it's, you know, back to your model factory. But part of the problem is, you know, businesses in the West will go, we need... So a factory can, say, produce half a million items a month it will place an order for a million items a month from that factory. But it knows what its output is. It can't deliver a million. And therefore, it has to subcontract yeah, out yeah, in yeah, that whole yeah. in that whole process. Yeah. And so it is just this endemic so, problem.
1: And I don't want to put you on the spot, because I always want results now. I know we can't watch solve anything, because that's the problem. It's ingrained. It's tied into all the systems of society. Yeah. But what small things can you do now when today, like in terms of, clothing like a person is there any you can't What? yeah what can I do I didn't want yeah. to say what do you do like where do you shop sort of thing <laughs> I don't get that specific because I always look at the label, so if it sees Bangladesh I go oh God, I but like do you
2: know that. actually there are really good factories in Bangladesh as well and, and this is the but it, then what, like, are there certain companies that use those good or it's just it's, everything's a bit of the, but one factory in Bangladesh may be supplying everything from Chanel to right. fast fashion and, right. and, all, and all points in between so it's it's really difficult, and yeah. I absolutely get your frustration in terms of, you know, the abhorrence of of what modern slavery is. You know, the abhorrence of Robert, six foot six, built like a brick house. I don't want to be contributing to that. So you know, do I stop buying from British farms and and, and everything else? The f- the first thing you can do is is be informed. So you, you know, William Wilberforce, transatlantic slave trade, he said that. Once you know about this, you can't claim anymore that you didn't know about it. It's kind of, you know, you can't go, no, you know, plausible deniability. No, that, that's gone now. So you both snookered. Mm-hmm. But it's then, it's asking questions. So like when you're buying clothes, can you tell me where this has come from? Can, are you able to guarantee, you know, which, whichever store you're in or label it is, that it's not tainted by forced labor or child oh, labor? Yeah. And you can ask that question. And I, I know as a formal retailer, even if you ask it in the store, it gets fed up the chain. Yeah. And if enough questions are coming yeah. up to head office... I was just it, thinking numbers, just
1: the numbers yep. of people have that, to... Th-
2: that
0: is important, though, yeah. Complaints do yeah. Do, yeah. do get heard, and just they the are questions, even. Because, just questions. Because that's how, most that's how most sort of organisations are structured. Yeah. Actually... They go up, they go upwards management level. So that, so, you know, even the lower managers will have to account for a complaint and they will have to account for this yeah. letter or account for, you know, sort of this, yes. this type of, you know, uh, uh, information request and they will and it goes upwards and then they get pressure
1: so management do get pressure so that's something yeah. i say i don't like the idea of a complaint but i think just the question no, it's, it's is asking the, same the question as, mm. and it's, it's like a, here's another it, one yeah. another one
2: or you know you like your favorite brand is go to their website have they got a modern slavery statement yeah. and read it and then ask questions of it right, because yeah. some of them are just so you know vanilla yeah that you just you say well well tell me more so that that's that's so if enough people were
1: asking questions, yeah, is enough as they go.
2: To, oh, hang on, the shop is moving on yeah. here. We're, And we're then some move.
1: executive says to the boss, "Look, we might want to." Yeah. So it's a shift of mentality. And if you can't find a statement, yeah, and why? Where's your
2: statement? Well, yeah. Where's your policy? Where's yeah. Your sta- so yeah. ask yeah. questions,
1: yeah. and if enough people ask questions, that's a yeah. movement. Mm. Okay. The,
2: the second thing you can do is, um, you know, is, is shop well, and 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 it's. It's to choose what to buy and not what to buy in terms of that. Because if if you if they go, well, we don't care. We just yeah you know, whatever. It's just well, don't be part of the system. Then go somewhere where, where yeah. it does care, and consume less. Good for the planet. Actually, good for people as well. Yeah. The other thing is, is report what you see. So you know people, back to being eyes and ears. So you're Romanian in a car wash. You know that if you're chatting with someone, they go, yeah, I get paid five pounds a day. Well. That's not national minimum wage, yeah, yeah, and it it may not be modern slavery; it may just be a national minimum wage violation. Mm. But we we get loads of calls about that as well, and you know we can act, you know, activate those those investigations going forward. Or if you see something, it's back to gut, you know, a bit like sort of the people coming and going from a house at odd hours and everything else, or um, you meet people and they're obviously under somebody else's control. Mm. Um, or they're not dressed appropriately for the job that they're doing. Yeah. Um, or they, they're fearful they won't interact with you. Uh, nail bars, you know, uh, or yeah. car washes or construction where it's cash only. And, the, you know, the person you're talking to has got no English yeah. and they're always looking off to the side and they're looking at somebody. You know, you know when you go to those cash only um, car washes, it's so only one person that ever collects the money. Yeah. You notice that. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and
1: everybody looks to them. I've stopped using them like yeah. a couple of years ago after I heard of this I, Yeah. I feel, I'm feeling guilty now because there was a, what from the nail bars? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I've
0: got yeah, to have some treats. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Guys got to look nice. doesn't <laughs> he? Um, but no, there was a sort of garden crew that came around, um, to my next door neighbors a couple of months ago and it was all Nepalese guys. And, um, and it, again, it didn't feel, it, it's one of those things that it didn't feel right because these sort of, you know, like a dozen guys just sort of fell out of a van yeah. and just sort of got on with it.
1: With one really friendly guy who speaks to you.
0: Guys. Yeah, none of them had the proper tools. And oh. one of them was wearing a suit. Oh, God. There's an older gentleman and he was wearing like a nice, a nice, well, okay ish suit, you know, off the rack or whatever. But like, um, and he was wearing that doing the gardening and it was really dirty and, and beaten up. And that was obviously, I don't know, that was kind of his clothes, I think. Yeah. And, I was, and I tried to have a chat with him because he was sort of, just around my garden or whatever. And I was like, Oh, you're right mate. Afternoon. And poor guy didn't speak a word of English and again was looking off and yeah. And that's, and I got a weird kind of thing about that. But then I thought, well, I don't know. I suppose they're working or something, you know, but yeah. that, that is, that, you know, and, that
2: and that, that's precisely it. We want people to call and it's like, even if you get it spectacularly wrong, it doesn't matter because what if you got it spectacularly right? Yeah. And those people were being exploited right. yeah. and you know, often, from talking with police, it is about a building an intelligence jigsaw. And it's, you know, that call, that bit of information could be the last piece of a jigsaw that then enables them to execute a warrant yeah. and, and get the people out of that situation. Um, yeah. and, and that's so important. And it, it's kind of like, you, you know, as Brits, oh, I don't want to make a you know, don't want yeah, to make a, yeah. a mess or you know, get it wrong. It's like, no, make a mess, get it wrong callers. Well, there's no downside. Nobody's no, gonna no, get in no trouble. not at all. With something like that, I mean, that is just sort of vague
1: story. You know what I mean? I saw something, and it was a bit odd. And yeah, yeah. so really, it's report things because even if it doesn't solve something, that it adds to a bigger picture for you, an intelligence. Picture, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, you're part yeah. of the intelligence, yeah. right or wrong. in terms of clothing, you just be more mindful. Don't waste. Same the with comments.
2: Yeah. Same with food. You know, you know, whichever you know, in true BBC fashion. There are many supermarkets. Yeah. You know, yeah. Whichever, whichever supermarket you shop in. Um, or, or food store that you shop in, ask, ask politely. Can you know yeah. what are you doing to tackle modern slavery? What, yeah. what about the problem? Makes noise, this?
1: just little ripples everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Kareem and uh, d- 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 do you both know where your clothes and your mobile phones come from? Kareem and Daniel, David. Okay. Well, that doesn't completely <laughs> okay. right, eradicate it. Right. David. I know. Well, from now on, you need to ask questions before you take it up to the manager. Wherever you go, speak. I want to speak to the manager. Okay, yeah. I, I do <laughs> think. Yeah,
0: I, I do agree with that. And I do think it's sort of education and, mm. and being aware of things. So I think, unfortunately, most people would choose not to know, yeah, okay. know how the sausage gets made. They do choose not to, you know, to, to think about <clears throat> why their McDonald's double cheeseburger costs one pound 50 or whatever it does for a burger and you're like how can that be i think because someone's
1: being exploited along the way you we know, can't solve way. it now but other generations will and i think it's up to you to sort of lay the groundwork for a different generation that comes but up to- it,
2: it, here's a little sort of psychological test we we do with people mm-hmm. um which is if i presented you cabbages okay. so here's two cabbages this cabbage costs 75p But I can't guarantee you the circumstances in which it was farmed, picked, and, you know, the whole journey to it now being on the shelf in the supermarket. 75p. This cabbage costs 85p. But I can guarantee everything about it. There was no exploitation in that cabbage. Yeah. Which one are you going to buy?
1: Yeah, I'd definitely go
2: for the expensive one.
1: I keep saying that, like with the T-shirts, I said, this shouldn't be this cheap. I don't want it to, it should be more
2: expensive. But when the cameras are off and in three weeks later, shall I tell you which cabbage you'll be buying? No, I'll stick to the first <laughs> Yeah. There are things. The, there the, are the vast majority will buy that. Yeah, no, of course it would. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Here's the question behind it though. Why are there two cabbages on the shelf in the first place? Why yeah. can't we have a cabbage on the shelf that we know the circumstances yeah. around it? And so, you know, that this is why it's a whole system change yeah. that needs to take place. So it isn't just about the consumer. Mm. It's also decisions that retailers make. Mm. Yeah, I'm, so we need the retailers to go, I'm not going to put a cabbage on there or a T-shirt or whatever or a mobile phone, you know. I'm not going to give the, the customer the option of buying someone, yeah. buying something that means people and planet has been exploited. Yeah, so the fixing
1: doesn't come from one direction. It's got a, It's, got it's a, both a, ways. Yeah. It's top and down, that's a mentality up. change more yeah. than anything. Well,
0: just a silly example, I don't, I don't know why we still have battery X why 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 aren't we just make it free range why is there still the option again again the free range eggs are 10p 15 20p yeah. more expensive but i always get free range and never you know never buy. but it's
1: a, it's as simple as there's no pressure on it enough to change that's all it is enough pressure to change it will change so it's just that's all it is. The, the, something has to come from somewhere to fix something, but it's there's no pressure at the moment.
0: Well, I think, and again, I think that possibly comes from education from yeah. from opening a dialogue about these things. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, right. So something cheery. Um, what's So <laughs> <laughs> I want positive. I want to end. I was.
0: Posi- I was going to. I was going to ask Go just as a, as a yep. question. It,
1: it, this is very tough
0: work. This is. This is. And I was going to ask: Is this? Do, do you find this tough to deal with sometimes? Cause I, I just, it's, it's very noble work and, you know, thank goodness, you know, you're on the side, to, on the side of the angels, you're doing very positive, great stuff. But I, as a, do you ever just find it sort of as a, on yourself and your sort of, men, you know, mental mentality?
2: It's a great question. Um, when you meet individuals, that's when it's hard and you hear their stories and we deliberately say or I say to my colleagues, my frontline colleagues, um, teach us to care and not to care. And what I mean by that is we will care for people but we can't overcare. You can't allow it to consume you. So my frontline colleagues and it. In their contract, once a month, they have to have external supervision to process everything that they've heard. As part of the job, As part of the job. Wow, really? That's, that's t- for preserving yeah, preserving yeah. their their yeah. mental health yeah. in, in that whole process. So I think when it's up close and personal, it's really hard. Um, you know, and I now lead an organisation of in excess of a hundred people, and there's loads of things that I have to do. So in some ways, I I can stand back a little bit from it. Mm. Um, but there are times when you feel yourself drawn in. Mm. Yeah. You know? And that story of Robert, it's it still haunts me, but yeah. it's twelve, thirteen years old. <laughs> I
1: still think about
2: it. <laughs> yeah. But you know, and that vision that yeah. of him standing in a doorway terrified, that, you know, that and I'll take that with me to my yeah, my dying days. So I th- it is it, it is about putting putting in place those things that keep you your mental health well. Yeah. You know? In that that whole process, it's about celebrating wins. So, I remember in 2011, um, I was in the Home Office, and I said, "We need a Modern Slavery Act. We need a national helpline. We need better care for victims. We need an independent anti-slavery commissioner, and we need better care for kids. We need to recognise that kids are, are part of this as well." And they said to me, "You're not going to get any of those. You know." 2015, in front of the minister in a big conference, and I think I pissed them off. I said, "Home hey, Office, you remember you told me we wouldn't get five. We got five. So don't ever say yeah. no. You're not going to get these things." And I'm a bit of a stubborn mule yeah. as well in terms of um, if if I don't speak up for it, who else is going to do it in, instead of me? And actually, it is just so fundamentally wrong. It just yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I don't. Whether it's my my upbringing, um, you know, we used to talk around. I, I remember growing up, you know, talking around the, the kitchen table about issues of justice. Yeah. So I think you know it's some of it's nurture. Yeah. In, in all of that, so that that's what keeps me going is 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 moving it forward. Are there times when I just go? Oh.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean, with this current government, it is yeah. more. Oh, you know, just
1: pushing uphill
2: constantly. Yeah. yeah, or you see them deliberately. You know. Immigration smuggling, it's the same thing. Yeah. Uh, no, it's not. Um, or the Nationality and Borders Act, which is just going to be catastrophic for victims of trafficking. You, you just have to go, okay, right.
1: Yeah, I can just imagine you when you saw that comment with everything you're trying to do and then yeah. introducing things like that and go, oh, for the... <laughs> yeah, yeah, expletive,
2: expletive, <laughs> yeah, expletive. Yeah, yeah. But you just, you have to do it. And, but at the same time, you have to know when to, to step away. And, and you, you have to... Be, so... I deliberately build into my life those things that replenish me. Right, okay, yeah. Because it, if I didn't, this yeah. this would just, it would overwhelm you.
1: So what does Andrew Wallace OBE do? What, <laughs> do you, you don't play rugby anymore? No, knackered no, knees. What do you do
2: now? Uh, I, I try to go to the gym frequently. Okay. Um, I have a great set of friends. I cook. Have you got any kids? Has, like, three, three adult kids. What are they up to? Uh, my son is DJing in Barcelona as we speak I oh, know okay. oh, he probably would have wrapped up by now um, <laughs> so yeah he lives in Berlin uh, on the on the way to being a superstar DJ my middle one is an artist based in Newcastle okay. and my youngest just graduated and joined the NHS oh to do what uh, uh, data analysis oh okay so, why
1: were you talking about the NHS before the podcast what would you say uh, lobbying I
2: think we were discussing lobbying
1: oh yeah we were discussing whether lobbying exists in the UK as yeah, so much as it does in America yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, not, yeah, not yeah, yeah. financially driven I don't think but uh, it's still oh. um, so there you go Andrew Wallace OB thanks so where have you come in from Bristol is that your way no th- why do I keep thinking you come from Bristol I mean Bristol? I live in Reading I mean it's not oh, really it's, kind through
0: Reading. yeah it's halfway as I, I've said once yeah. you got
1: the M25 to me
2: it's, uh, it's, it's all, all a mystery <laughs> it's just
0: question marks basically
2: <laughs> whereas you know I I moved from London to Bristol I always you know when I get on the train at Paddington uh, there's always a sort of sigh of huh oh, <laughs> back, back to the west right, yeah. yeah same I mean that's that's yeah. the thing where i just go oh, great, I'm on. back right. home
1: yeah um, so uh, thank you very much for coming in it's a no, pleasure you've, you've come the whole way down there on public transport which is a, an endeavor on its own um yeah yeah so uh, actually being, uh, uh Charles we're trying to collect friends in uh, high places so can we sort of call you one of our mates you can so when we see you, you go oh yeah, yeah one of my mates yeah, yeah. Yeah, Andrew Wallace be so ladies that's <laughs> pleasure uh, Andrew Wallace OBE uh, yes. just one of my mates we've had on the show <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> and thank you Andrew Have a good thank run. you bye guys here's your story
2: could